Good afternoon and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to episode 40 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. Hope everyone had a great weekend and enjoyed all the sports. Coming up in episode 40, you will hear my takes on all the action from week 14 in the NFL. My takes on tonight's Monday night football matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. And I'll close with a little college football, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let's get started. My opening take starts with NFL Sunday Week 14. I'm going to start with the upset of the day, which is the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the top-ranked team in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints, 24-21. It was the debut of Jalen Hurts as the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles after Coach Doug Peterson did what should have been done weeks ago, and that's Bates benched Jalen Hurts who's been playing terrible football Jalen Hurts had 167 yards passing and one TD also rushed for 106 yards he also got some help from Miles Sanders 115 yards rushing two touchdowns the defense played pretty decent they got five sacks on the day Taysen Hill had 291 yards passing, two TDs, and one pick. But the Saints, who had the number one defense in the NFL coming into this game, allowed 413 yards in total offense. After the game, Doug Peterson said he was undecided on who would be the starting quarterback for the Eagles in the next game. Are you serious? I mean, was he not watching the same game? Everybody in America was watching. I mean, Jalen Hurts provided a spark. Sure, he didn't pass for a lot of yardage. But still, he managed the game pretty efficiently. Even though he did have one turnover toward the end, but it didn't cost them. But right now, if the Eagles are going to still make this run, which I think it's a little bit too little too late in my view, They need to stay with Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. At least see what they have. Now I get it. They're probably not going to trade Carson Wentz after this year because he has a huge contract and it'd be a big hole in the organization's pocket (laughs) if, if they trade him. But still, you need to see what you have. So I believe Jalen Hurts should play the rest of the season. But we'll wait and see. As for the Saints, they now have dropped a game behind the Packers, who beat them early in this season, for the top seed in the NFC. Because I don't think nobody wants to go to Green Bay in January in that freezing cold weather for a playoff game. So, while there's still some time left, and they'll be getting Drew Brees back soon, We don't know how soon, but I'm sure pretty soon. So we'll wait and see if the Saints can bounce back in this one and overcate the Packers, who won their game against the Lions yesterday. Now let's move on to Arizona versus the Giants. 
now wrongly predicted the Giants was going to win this game, thinking they were hot. They had it clicking on all cylinders. Fade, they got a big boost from upsetting the Seahawks last week. But it looks like Arizona probably watched that tape and said, that's not going to be us. And they came out and won the game 26-7. Kyler Murray had 214 yards and a touchdown and rushed for 47 yards. He got some help from Kenyon Drake, 80 yards rushing. And Hopkins had 136 yards receiving. But the, the Cardinals defense got five sacks, run by Hassan Riddick, who had all the sacks. Daniel Jones only passed for 127 yards. He funneled the ball once and got no help from his running game. Only managed 78 yards total on the ground as a team. Now for the Giants, this is a setback. Now they're a game behind the Washington football team after the Washington football team won yesterday. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. And now the Cardinals holds on to that final playoff spot in the NFC with four game, with three games to go. So if the Cardinals can get some more consistency out of Kayon Drake, then Kyler Murray can just, just be a regular passing quarterback and just complete the, make the plays in the passing game and very little in the running game. Because that's really what the Cardinals need. Because obviously if, if the Cardinals get a lot of rushing yards from Kyler Murray, they're not going to win. Now for the game that everybody was looking forward to, and that was the Dolphins and the Chiefs. As correctly predicted, the Chiefs won this one, even though it was a little tough. But you got to give the Dolphins credit. In the first quarter, they bloodied the Chiefs' nose, jumped out to a 10-0 lead, and intercepted Patrick Mahomes twice. And you thought that the Dolphins was going to pull off the upset, right? Then came the second quarter, and the Chiefs said, wrong. Patrick Mahomes and company finally got it together and ran off 30 straight points and took a 20-point lead and you thought it was and most people probably thought it was over by then. Then the Dolphins made a run in the fourth quarter scoring 17 unanswered points cutting the lead to three at one point but in the end the Chiefs got the field goal to help secure the victory for them. Patrick Mahomes in the end had nearly 400 yards passing, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. They had big games from Kelsey, 136 yards receiving in a TD. Tyreek Hill, 79 yards receiving in a TD. And a 32-yard 32, 32 touchdown run. Tua had 316 yards, two TDs, and had one pick, his first turnover in the NFL. But you got to give the Dolphins credit Brian Flores has got this team well coached. I mean, this is a young team, and they're going to look to make some noise in the next few years. Now let's go to the Reyes and the Colts. As correctly predicted, the Colts won this one, and they won it 44-27. Phillip Rivers had 244 yards and two touchdowns, but he, but he finally got some help in the running game. Jonathan Taylor had 150 yards rushing and two touchdowns he looked like a Jonathan Taylor back when he was in Wisconsin 
and T.Y. Hilton looks like he's back to his old self again. He had two touchdown catches, 86 yards receiving. Derek Carr and had 316 yards, two TDs, and two interceptions, but they got nothing from the running game. Jacob only had 43 yards rushing. And then after the game, John Gruden fired the defensive coordinator, Gutner, which I said weeks ago that that needed to happen because the Raiders' defense was the Achilles' heel. But John Gruden decided to stick it stick it out and kept Gantner until yesterday. While I did say earlier that the Raiders and the Colts were both two teams that nobody wanted to see. For the Colts, that remains to be true. For the Raiders, not so much now. As their, ho- their playoff hopes are starting to fade. I mean, they're going to have to keep winning and hope some teams start falling. As for the Colts, they got everything they need to even give the Chiefs a competitive game. I mean, if they can get some consistency from Jonathan Taylor and the rest of the running backs on the team, and Phillip Rivers can keep hitting his stride without turning the ball over, and if T.Y. Hilton can continue to be the T.Y. Hilton of hold, they may be the only team that's capable of giving the Chiefs a run for their money and maybe pulling off the upset. Now, I'm not saying they are going to pull up the upset, so make sure you hear me clearly. I'm just saying it's possible they may have what it takes. Now, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. As correctly predicted, the Bills won this one. They won the game 26-15. I also said that I thought this would be a defensive game in the first half, and it was just that. I mean, it was 9-7 at halftime. But in the second half, Buffalo took over the game and never looked back. Josh Allen had 238 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But that connection to Stephon Diggs is quite amazing. Diggs had 130 yards receiving and one touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger had 187 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. But he got no help from his running game. Only 47 yards rushing as a team. All I can say for the Steelers right now is they're not only they're they're very beatable. And you know why I say that? Looking at their offense, especially the last couple of games. They're a one-dimensional offense. James Conner's giving them nothing in the running game. So they're mostly just short passes, and Ben will hit a couple of 15, 20-yarders. But right now, this team can be easily defensed. So the the Steelers, even though they may get in the playoffs, there's a good chance they're going to be one and done. If they don't correct these problems. Now the defense is holding their own despite their injuries. But they need to get some balance on offense. As for Buffalo. They are built to make a run in the playoffs. 
I would have to say them and, and, and the Colts are the only two teams I believe can give the Chiefs a run for their money. Because both teams are balanced on offense and they play good defense. And that's what you kind of need if you're going to slow down the Chiefs and even beat them. Now let's go on to the Washington football team and my San Francisco 49ers. If anybody hasn't heard Friday's broadcast, I chopped it up with Sean Naylor of the Rat Pack Sports Show podcast, please do. The Washington football team defeated my Niners 23-15. Yeah, I have kudos to both defenses. I mean, the Niners defense rebounded from a shameful showing on Monday night and held the Redskins out of the end zone on the field goals. The only touchdowns that were scored by the Redskins was the Washington football team's defense scoring on two turnovers by my Niners. One a strip strip sack fumble by Chase Young on Nick Mullins. And then at the end of the third quarter, Nick Mullins threw a terrible interception to Camrell Coral for a pick six. All I can say here is, once again, turnovers snake bit my 49ers. Nick Mullins had 260 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Of course, it didn't help that Debo Samuel got hurt after on the first play of the game. But Brandy Nayuk has been the brightest spot of my Niners' 2020 season. I mean, people are starting to call this guy Baby Julio. And he's starting to look like it. But I got to give kudos to the defense of the Niners. I mean, Alex Smith only had 57 yards passing. And then when he got hurt with a calf injury, Wayne Haskins only had 51 yards passing. So everything was there for my Niners to win this game. But the turnovers. Simple fact is, this is not the same team as last year. They're not built to overcome turnovers. And now, the playoff hopes of the Niners are starting to fade. Mathematically, they're not out of it. But, I would admit, I'm somewhat somewhat losing hope. I'll just go ahead and say this off the rip. If the Niners don't beat the Cowboys this Sunday, there's no playoffs. And now the decision will need to be made. And the decision I would make is that George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo do not see the field the rest of the season. That's right. You heard it. You heard me. If they do not beat the Cowboys this Sunday... But Arizona and the Seahawks, I would not put Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle in those games because why? Why would you? What would he be playing for? You're not playing for a playoff spot, so there's no need to put them out there and jeopardize 2021. Because I truly believe in 2021, the Niners are going to be back. 
But speaking of the Dallas Cowboy game, I think Kyle Shanahan needs to make the move. Look, we already know what Nick Mullins is. He's limited. As I've always stated, after one or two games, he flames out. He has flamed out. It's time to give C.J. Bether at least a chance. Now, I'm not a huge fan of C.J. Bether, but I think right now, I think you need to give him a chance. Now, we're going to go move on to tonight's Monday Night Football matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the first time they played was the first game of the season, and the Ravens stumped a mud hole in the Browns. It was like 38-3. But, of course, these teams are different now than the first time they played. Baltimore was on a skid, which they snapped last week over a team they were supposed to beat. And the Browns are looking up. I mean, after a convincing win over the Tennessee Titans last week. So, I've always said throughout the season, I need to see Cleveland beat teams like Pittsburgh and like Baltimore in order for me to give them a little bit more respect well they got this game and they got Pittsburgh I believe at the end of the season to show me something I'm just going to go on a limb and say this even though Cleveland has played well I'm still going to take Baltimore in this one. Because I'm still not sold on Cleveland's defense. Yeah, Miles Garrett is back and everything, but I'm just not I'm just not sold that they're ready to be all the Cleveland can be as far as a playoff push. While it won't be the same score as before, I'm going to take Baltimore to win this one in a closer than expected game. I believe Lamar Jackson and company are going to establish the run game. I think they're going to pound the Browns defense. And the Ravens defense is still it ain't it's not great but it's still good enough. I think they'll rattle make a big field. And force them into a couple of turnovers. Which will help propel them. To a. 24. 19 victory. Now I'm going to close with. A little college football. Actually it wasn't. Really any standout games. But there was a big upset. One that. I don't think two people saw coming. That's LSU beating number six, Florida, 37 to 34. Now, as we know, LSU's had a tough season. I mean, Joe Burrow and the rest of that squad's off to the NFL now. And this team was like three and five. But the thing that's going to be talked about is the Florida um, DB with a st- one of the stupidest unsportsmanlike conduct penalties ever. 
I mean, took the shoe off the opponent after he tackled him and threw the shoe, causing him to get a penalty. That, of course, helped LSU move down the field and kick the game-winning 57-yard field goal to beat Florida. Now, Kyle Trask had 474 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. He's still in the running for the Heisman. But I must say, I think this was going to hurt his chances. Now, if I'm Ohio State, I'm very, I'm very happy with this. Because even if they beat Alabama on Saturday... They're going to have... The only way Florida still gets in is... They're going to have to lose. I'm talking about Ohio State. Would have to lose. Because... How can you justify putting a two-loss team over a one-loss team? But the only way you do that is if Florida wins and wins the... SEC Championship. Because you're not going to keep Alabama out... Over an Ohio State... So, but as far as Florida losing this game, it's clearly obvious they were looking ahead to Alabama next week. I guess they should have took the lesson from Alabama, who basically stomped Arkansas this past Saturday, 52-3. They made dang sure they, they focused on stomping Arkansas and then worry about Florida this week. So if Florida can't beat this LSU team, which is not very good, what makes you think they're going to beat um, Alabama this Saturday? I mean, I'll make my prediction on that later. But right now, my gut feeling is telling me Alabama's going to win this one big. And of course, once that happens... And Ohio State takes care of their business. Then we're going to have the four teams that we need to have. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Of course, that is if Clemson somehow loses to Notre Dame again, which will give them two losses. And then, if Texas A&M is still outside looking in, do you throw Texas A&M over Clemson? So there's a lot of scenarios out there in college football that could actually happen depending on the results of Saturday's games. But we'll talk about Saturday's games later this week. Now, this can conclude episode 40 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening and downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. I'd like to thank you again for listening. 
Have a great afternoon, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you.